0: Listening to the North Shore Nine podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS Nine Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of Donardo's Dugout. It is September 1st, it is the day after the MLB trade deadline. What's up, everyone? How y'all doing? So, as a MLB perspective today, which this show is kind of geared more towards, to talk more about all of baseball, encompass all of MLB, not just Pirates, uh, there's there's quite a bit to talk about. If you're wanting to listen to strictly Pirates news, especially Pirates trade deadline news, which we're going to feature tomorrow on Starbucks, sorry to disappoint you. There's nothing to talk about. Literally nothing to talk about. The Pirates made zero moves as of yesterday. I mean, technically they made the Dru Dyson trade for the international dollars, which you know I'm all about that. All about the international money. Pirates are able to spend more in the international spending ventures. What? So 230, 240 some thousand dollars they got from the White Sox. I mean, that's a win. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. So, getting back to MLB, a lot of action happened yesterday. I was truly, truly shocked by it. If you've gone and dated back to our podcast when actually Ryan was still part of North Shore Nine, uh as the season was progressing and looking to come into play, we discussed about the trade deadline a few times. You know, I think both of our points were it's probably gonna be slow, not a whole lot of action, and I mean part of it makes sense. For one, it's a shortened season, it's sixty games. There's there's legit questions Are team's going to take this year that serious. Are you going to invest a whole lot into this year where there's a lot of weird things going on and take away from the future when, you know, seasons normalize? Like, example, I mean, I'll keep going back to it, you know, like what Steven Strasburg mentioned his quote earlier in the year, you know, where he said this season's kind of a joke. You know, am I going to put my future in jeopardy for this joke of a season? I mean, that's from a player, you know. They probably have a little different mindset than a GM or owner, but you can still question their tan, your antics. Um, so yeah, there was definitely some, some questions, you know, and on top of that, the way trades could be done, you know, they had to be a player that's in camp. So obviously you would probably think your big top prospects are in your 60 man camp, Right. Um, so if you're going to make a huge splash, a huge deal, like those trades could get, you know, would probably be able to work out, but what's the likelihood of that trade happening, you know, not, not probably too, too great in this type of environment this year. So, you know, and even with that being said, like for the trade deadline, there's not too many huge deals that go down like that. What about those middle relievers that get traded that you're getting your, your number 17 prospect, you know, like, is that prospect in, in the camp? Who knows, you know, so like I, I kind of worried and wondered like what were those middle to, you know, later tier players like a Tommy Malone, you know, like like, are those players going to be in camp for him to get traded. So that was the little bit of the worry. Um, But yeah, obviously MLB told you, screw you, Donardo. we are going to make a lot of moves. Uh, the fact that obviously 16 teams are at playoff eligible this year. Made a big difference. You know, even the Marlins sold and bought. Like, I should have reversed the way I said that. But even the Marlins bought. You know, I know they, they traded off in a VR to the Blue Jays. But part of that was because they're getting Diaz back. He's coming back from the COVID list. He's going to start second base right away. He's one of the better prospects in baseball. So they, they, they I guess, cut, they trimmed the fat. But they also got selling Marte. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But, you know, like even teams like the Giants, the Marlins, you know, teams that are under 500 right now, they're actually out there in the trade market buying, trying to acquire pieces to get better. So as I mentioned, you know, there was definitely a lot of action yesterday. One thing, though, that we didn't see, I should say, actually, we only saw one of them. There was only one top 100 prospect traded, and that was in the Padres deal. That was it. So, you know, as I mentioned, the the bigger trades you could see getting done this year because most of your top prospects will be in camp. But there was only one of those guys traded, and it was Traylor Trammell. That was it. There was no other big prospect that went anywhere, that left, that moved in these trades. So there was a lot of action. But, yeah, you could see that teams weren't too invested to get rid of their top talent which is kind of a precursor because we're going to talk about the Padres. There's a lot of that involved. So I don't know. Let's actually get into that. So let's go ahead and talk about what's happening around the MLB. All right. So as mentioned, there's a lot of activity that went down, a lot of trades. We won't get with the obvious, which is the San Diego Padres, but yes, let's let's kind of look around. So let's start with the NL West, the Diamondbacks. They uh they had some action. Obviously, they weren't buying. They looked to sell off. They traded Starling Marte. They traded Archie Bradley. You know, two prominent players there. Um, I I'm not satisfied with that return. So let's Let's spin this to the pirates. What the pirates got for Staling Marte, right? The first trade, when, when the pirates traded Staling Marte, they got two risky prospects, but definitely high ceilings. Um, I, I didn't initially love the trade, but I liked it, and I understood it. And you know what? I'll, I'll take some of those type of prospects right now in the system, because, again, what does this the pirates system have? Depth, They don't have any stars. No, mind you, that's the pirate system. That's whatever. The the Diamondbacks are different. Um, in that sense, though, they traded Staley Marte and got Caleb Smith, Umberto Mejia, and Julio Frias. Let's start with Caleb Smith. 29 years old. Yankees cut him loose. The Marlins scooped him up a few years ago. What do I like about him? He misses some bats. All right. In this day and age, that's obviously good. That's what you're trying to do. Uh, we're not trying to mold everyone to be a ground ball pitcher to hit into the shifts and, and get outs. So he misses some bats, that's nice. But the problem is, the guy's not young. As mentioned, it's not like you're getting a prospect. Uh, is this team ready to retool and re-up for next year to compete? That's a question. You know, if they are, this, that type of trade makes sense, which I think that's in their mind, but regardless. Um, they he He doesn't stay healthy. He gives up a lot of home runs. He also walks a lot of guys. Like you look at peripherals and you see there's something, there's, there's there's stuff that attracts you to him, okay? But the problem is he's never put it out. Like he's never had a successful season yet to date. You know, even like in his best year, which you could consider 2018, you know, the first year he was with the Marlins, he only pitched 77 innings. I mean, so again, he only pitched 77 innings, kind of a small sample. But I mean, he to a tune of a 4.19 ERA, 124 WHIP, the FIP 396. Like it, it wasn't bad. That's where you saw, hmm, maybe the Marlins got something by picking up this Caleb Smith. But he follows that up last year, pitching 153 innings, right, the most he's ever pitched in his career. In 153 innings, a 4.52 ERA with a 5.11 FIP. I mean, he severely trended downward, and his biggest problem, which is kind of crazy. His biggest problem, because he pitched in Marlins Park, was giving up the long ball. So, in not even a full amount of innings, in just 153 innings in Marlins Park, he gave up a league-leading 33 home runs. You're going to Arizona now. There's <laughs> that's going to be a problem if you can't keep the ball in the bar. If you can't keep the ball in the ballpark in Miami, you sure as hell ain't doing it out there in Arizona. So. Seeing this return, you know Caleb Smith being the feature, and he's MLB ready now. Umberto Mejia is like the 40th ranked prospect with the Marlins. Essentially, looks to be a two pitch reliever. Nothing fantastic, you know. He could be a successful reliever, probably middle innings. That's kind of cool. Okay, great. It's not what the Pirates got. If you really want to pivot this and compare the two packages, because I know a lot of people in Pittsburgh want to, I don't like this. A whole lot at all for Stalling Marte and what he's done, and he still has a year of control. So win for the Marlins. I mean, they gave up in my mind virtually nothing. You know, Caleb Smith is expendable on that team. They have a lot of young arms. They got pitching. So what they gave up to get a Stalling Marte is is nothing. This is a this can be a fun, exciting team, especially next year. Um So Stalling Marte being added to that mix is really, really cool. And kudos to them for naming him Marlon Starte. Mm. Took that one away from me. I'm I'm a bit disappointed. Uh, the Rockies. Big things. Michael Givens, Kevin PR gave up Tyler Nevin and Taryn Varvra for, for Givens. It was a nice trade all around. Good win for the uh, the Orioles. I like that as their return. The Dodgers. The Dodgers sold. They traded Ross Trickling. To the Blue Jays. That was it. <laughs> okay, LA. Um, the Padres, like I said, we'll get to. The Giants, you know, they they bought a little bit here. Um, get to the Central. The Cubs did some things. The Cubs pretty much patched up some th- Cameron Mabem, you know, Andrew Schaffin, Jose Martinez. Nothing too exciting. The Reds apparently were looking to buy and not sell. They went and got Archie Bradley from... The uh, Diamondbacks, which, as mentioned, you know, Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks, the the returns, eh. Um, the Brewers sold. The Pirates, we know, did nothing. As far as the NL East, the Braves were actually very, very quiet. As many people as you saw the Braves involved with, especially starting pitching, they, they got Tommy Malone. That was it. You know, basically a guy that's going to get them through the season, maybe get them four or five starts. Once the playoffs come, he's probably not even going to be on the roster. Uh, so I'm kind of shocked there, especially with all the injuries and issues they've had with the rotation. They did not make the splash for Clevenger, which is okay. But even on top of that, none of like the next tier type of pitchers at all. Just Tommy Malone. Uh, the Marlins, we know. That, again, they they got Marte, traded off the R. The Mets patched up some things. Miguel Castro, uh, Robinson Chirinos, Todd Frazier. The Phillies added some bullpen arms, David Phelps. That was nice. Uh, and then when you go down to the West, you know, as we talked about, the Dodgers, I'm sorry, the Angels, uh, sold off some things. The Astros didn't really do too much. The A's got Tommy Listella. I like that deal. For the A's, but they also got Mike Minor, which I don't quite understand. Again, you're looking for four, maybe five starts from this guy. And he's been pretty bad. <laughs> Uh, maybe they find a quick fix in him. We'll find out. Um, the White Sox, we saw they got Dyson, nothing else. The Indians, the Tigers, the Royals sold off the Red Sox. I, I'll tell you what, I like what the Red Sox did here. You know, they, they I would say capitalized on Mitch Moreland. That was a good trade for them. Mitch Moreland has been tearing it up. So kudos. Good thing for the Reds, Red Sox. That happened. Um, they traded off Kevin P.R., They turned off Brandon Workman. I was kind of a little bit underwhelmed by that deal a little bit. But they get Nick Pavetta. Maybe they can turn him around, like his peripherals. The Rays didn't do a whole lot. They did very Ray-ish things. And, of course, the Blue Jays, they kind of went wild. Dan Vogelbach, Tywan Walker, Robbie Ray, Jonathan VR, Ross Stripling. uh, They acquired a lot of pieces. Their team looks like they're going to try to go for this year, which is kind of cool. Anyways, let's get down to it. So if we're going to talk about winners and losers, um, my clear loser on the trade deadline this year is the New York Yankees. How are you the New York Yankees? And you go out there and you sign Garrett Cole to $500 billion this year. Okay, 320-some. How do you sign Garrett Cole this year? And I know it's long-term. It's one year, whatever. But all the injuries they've had, all the injuries they've had right now, you don't make any deal? Nothing at all? Nothing? The Yankees? I cannot imagine. Here I am talking to you today. I can't imagine what's going down, down in New York City right now on sports radio. The people are probably going crazy they're going nuts those yankees fans they did absolutely nothing at this deadline has to be a loser i mean you are the yankees that's what you pride yourself on you you know the only expectation is playoffs that's it and getting a world series that's it when you're a pirates fan you hope to have a a a nice rebuild so you can have a couple few good seasons when you're the yankees every year it's world series yankees world series yankees So, with all the injuries they've had and they haven't made any deal this, you know, this deadline, clear loser to me. Clear loser. And it was a seller's market. We saw the deals. Not one top 100 prospect went. Well, I should say one top 100 prospect went. That was it. And you didn't do anything for your club. Shocked. The clear winner, the San Diego Padres. Absolutely. You want to talk about a team that went bonkers this deadline. Oh my God. The San Diego Padres, I felt like they were involved in every single team, every single trade. And when you saw a trade flash, your first thought was, what did the Padres do? You know, I mean, it started basically with Trevor Rosenthal with the Royals. I mean, they got Kirby Yates that went down. You know, they have some issues in the bullpen right now, which was a, a strength. Trevor Rosenthal's having a nice bounce back season right now, getting his career back on track. So they went ahead and made a deal for him. I like that. Then they made a deal for Mitch Moreland. You know, this is the team that's loaded with power, loaded with the bats. And then they capitalize and add to it. They get Mitch Moreland. Hey, it's the NL, it's the year of the DH. Why not? Mitch Moreland is absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. They don't stop there. They make a nice other little addition. Jason Castro from. From the Angels as a catcher. So now they have a surplus of catchers. And they don't stop there. They make another bigger deal with the Mariners. All right. As you see these deals start kind of progressing, you know, they go a little bit bigger. They make a deal with the Mariners, get Austin Nola. All right. A 30 year old catcher's kind of come out of nowhere, but really, really good offensive numbers. Also has some power. Now, if you want to look at the catching thing, they had Austin Hedges, who's really, really good defensively. But As far as offense for the Padres, like that was the black hole in that offense. Everywhere is pretty much producing some type of offense. It was either good or elite, except for the catcher spot. So by adding Austin Nola, definitely gets, excuse me, definitely get some production there. Um, that's where they give up the top 100 prospect. So for Taylor Trammell. So I want to talk about this deal in a sense. And this is how we can talk a little bit pirates in here. So when this deal happened, Pirates fans were going nuts. And I totally get it because what was involved? A catcher. The Pirates are looking to sell off. What, what's probably the best piece they have technically? A catcher in Jacob Stallings. So even like when I tweeted out there, you know, what I mentioned when this deal happened was this can only help Stallings' value. And in my mind, it's true. All right. I was kind of shocked to see an Austin Nola trade and getting a, a Taylor Trammell back. Now Trammel is risky. He's definitely risky, but he has some nice peripherals. Like he has things about his game where if he does hit, I mean not to the degree like Cruz, but what is, you know, what is Cruz? A high risk, high reward type player. It's kind of like Trammel. You know, he could not pan out to be much, but if he does pan out, he could be a very, very good player. So it's like on the on the Padres side, they have a ton of prospect wealth. All right? Losing Trammell's not going to hurt them at all. If he pans out, it's okay. Because their offense, their team's probably not going to miss him. But also if he pans out, they got what they needed in Nola, and they're making a very good run. And also Nola's very controllable as well. So I know he's in to later career, obviously. But it's not like they gave up Trammell and, and got a lousy return. You know, there's definitely stability right now and still into the future some. But if he doesn't hit, what if he he does risk and like miss? It's a big risk type player. What if he does miss? They virtually give up nothing to really make a push this year, you know? So to pivot this to the Pirates, I, people saw this and thought, well, if no luck brought this back, Stalling should get more. You know, maybe we'll talk more about this tomorrow, actually. Let me hold off. We'll keep this for Starbucks, keep you guys in suspense. You got to tune in tomorrow and listen. Um, all right. So, like I said, they, they did get Nola. They gave up Taylor Trammell. But they also gave up Ty Francis playing this year, Luis Torrens, and Andres Munoz. So, you know, again, I was I was kind of shocked at that package, what they did give up. But ultimately, like I said, because of the risk factor in Trammell, it's okay. It's totally okay. I, I like what they did. They got Nola, impact bat, He also plays multiple positions, and the glove isn't that bad. Everyone was actually really touting how terrible his defensive metrics are. He's really not that terrible of a catcher. He's not that much of a drop-off from Stallings either. So I like that deal. Then, of course, the huge, huge news. The San Diego Padres made the deal for Mike Clevenger. This is the ultimate trade of the deadline. Mike Clevenger changes hands. He goes from Cleveland. Now we know what happened. Let's think about Mike Clevenger. He's pretty much fallen out of love in that clubhouse on that team, right? The whole COVID-19 thing, the whole, you know, police act thing. He he was optioned. You know, the, the, the Indians didn't want him around. The teammates didn't want him around. So ultimately, it seemed like his time was done in Cleveland. So in this sense, the Cleveland gets something in return for him. The Padres are the ones that capitalize. They get a Clevenger. He has years of control. He's been a dominant pitcher. You know, they already have Paddock in there. You know, they have some intriguing younger arms coming up. Now, they got their ace. They got their stud. They got the front of the rotation pitcher to go along and seal everything up with that rotation. You know, they already have a strong, strong, strong offense. One of the most fun offenses to watch in baseball. And, of course, to go with that, a pretty, pretty good bullpen. But what did they give up for Clevenger? Josh Naylor, which, by the way, his brother, Bo, drafted by the Indians as well. So two brothers in the same organization. Pretty cool. Josh Naylor, Call Control, Austin Hedges, Gabriel Arias, uh, Joey Cantillo, and Owen Miller. Okay. We're probably going to have a huge debate on this on NS9 Live. There's a lot of stuff going behind the scenes with us internally about this deal. Let me go ahead and get my thoughts a little bit out on this. There's a lot of prospects involved, okay? So the Indians got a lot of things in return. I like the deal. I love it for the Padres side. I absolutely love it on the Padres side. To stick to the Padres, they once again made like like the prospect commodities that they have. They lost Taylor Trammell, and like that's it as far as the top, top elite prospects. And again, Trammell's risky, right? They, they still have, after all these moves the Padres did this year, and that's why they're my clear winners, they still have a very elite farm system. And none of the top guys, except again for Trammell, who's very risky, was moved. This team is ready to go right now. They are ready to compete. They are on the Dodgers' heels, ready to compete. Dodgers, which by the way, did nothing. And yet, their future is still just as bright. Losing the trammel, he he was probably gonna be a trade piece anyways, because where does he fit in this club? Especially now. I mean, it's like all these guys they traded, they're blocked anyways. So their future. Still looks good. I mean, I can only assume they're going to be calling up Mackenzie Gore now, and think about you just got Clevenger. You already have Paddock. Like, think about this: if you call up Mackenzie Gore to the quote the Neil Huntington, you know the trade that happened without making a trade, you're going to add now Mackenzie Gore to this rotation at this time. I hope he's ready because this guy can and probably will be a stud. And now you've added two really, really talented arms to this rotation at the trade deadline. CJ Abrams, you didn't touch. Like, they didn't touch any other elite prospects. And they still have a very deep farm after all this. And it's very, very top heavy, also. I love what the Padres did to turn this to Cleveland. There was a lot of prospects going back. For a team that's going for it right now, they need. Severe help in the outfield. They got Josh Naylor. Josh Naylor could be. I don't love Josh Naylor, but I don't hate Josh Naylor. To a degree, he kind of reminds me of like a Colin Moran. Like when he was drafted, his ceiling was kind of limited, but I felt like his floor was high. You know, he 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 can hit. That's that was his calling. He he could hit as well. Also, (laughs) ex-marlin. Um but like I don't see him coming in and just tearing it up much like Colin Moran might be about league average, which actually is probably pretty good right now for Cleveland. But if you're giving up Clevenger, there's really no huge help right now. And Josh Naylor's not you not know, providing that now, obviously call control. Like he's a pretty solid reliever right now. Um, I'm not as high on others. Maybe are about him as, I mean like a, a, a rotation arm. Um, but anyways, as far as the prospects going back, I just, to me, to compare it, and it's much better, but to compare it, it has reminded me, and it's what we'll debate probably, and it's not live, of the Garrett Coltrade. The guys are better than Musgrove and, you know, Moran, Feliz, Jason Martin, but it was just a lot of pieces with nothing... Nothing super good. There, there was no, like, this can't-miss prospect, this really talented. like, this guy could be a superstar. There was nothing that that came back that you'd say, this could be the next Mike Clevenger. It was just a lot of things. A lot of good things, but nothing great. Which, again, is why I loved it for the Padres side, because they virtually were able to get Mike Clevenger and not take a hit. Like, this doesn't... The Padres can't say and say, mm, man, you know, I want Clevenger, but... ow. This one stings. I felt like the Padres, like, yeah, if this is what you want, I'm making this deal right now. And if you're going to deal a Clevenger, you want to make you want to inflict pain on that club that's getting him. You want them to say, "Ow, that hurts." I really got to think about this, you know, and, and like and question themselves. That's the talent that Clevenger has, and I felt like the Padres look at this and say yeah it's doable i mean if if that's what we have to give up the clevenger let's do it i feel like they don't like you don't look at this twice you say if that's what you want here you go let's wrap this up now before you change your mind cleveland uh so that again like that's how i felt the return for cleveland isn't bad i don't think that they're gonna hurt i don't think we're we're totally questioning this like we are the cold trade in the future but there's nothing, there's, there's not a true impact player, I feel, in that return. And that's ultimately what is going to hurt Cleveland. It's nice, it's good, but to give up a Clevenger, it's not great. All right, so that's a lot of trade talk. Um, we did, We're we going to have a lot to talk about, obviously, today. But the last thing I want to bring up before we finish this... um. Is our poll? We, like I said, we we go ahead and put out a poll here. Some things I want to, you know, put out there and find out what you guys are thinking. Um, so let's get into that. Seven long. Balls. George hammers it deep to right field. It is off the foul pole. Home run. So lastly, like I said, I put out a poll there. The poll that I put out. It's simple. Do you like Trevor Bauer? Um, just because of things he's he's still currently saying. And, and and I wanted to actually pull this. I wanted to find out. What do the masses think? At least our followers. Do you like Trevor Bauer? Yes or no? 62% of you guys said you like Trevor Bauer. This shocked the hell out of me. I honestly thought, especially our fan base. Listen, we are the Pittsburgh Pirates. He was on the Reds last year. We know how the Pirate fan base pretty much hates the Reds and every player that exists on the Reds. Uh, so he was on the Reds last year, you know, when these scuffles and stuff were happening. And just because of his antics, would you like Trevor Bauer? I expect this to be flip-flopped. I expect 62% to say no and 38% to say yes. You guys like Trevor Bauer. <laughs> All right. I like that. Let me at least say this. The thing about Trevor Bauer, and, and if I could do two polls, I would have I done it this way too. I was asked if you liked him, and also, is he good for baseball? Because I think regardless if you like Trevor Bauer or not, Trevor Bauer is great for baseball. And for the simple reason is we have polls like this. I can, I can put out a poll, do you like Trevor Bauer? We're talking about Trevor Bauer, and you know why? Nothing to do with baseball itself. If I were to put out a poll, do you like Luis Castillo? Would I even get the same feedback? If I did put out a poll, do you like Luis Castillo? I think some of you might say who, which shame on you. (laughs) Learn who Luis Castillo is. Uh, Or if you do answer, your thought is yes, I like him. He's a good pitcher. Or no, I don't like him. I think he's overrated. You're basing your sole opinion on the way he plays baseball, on the way he pitches, on his success in the game. When I ask you, do you like Trevor Bauer? You have an opinion, and it is solely based on him as a person. You don't know one bit about Luis Castillo. You don't know, he could be a cool guy. He could be an idiot. He could be a dick. Who knows? You have no idea. But you know what Trevor Bauer is, and you're going to tell me if you like him or not. To me, I like him. I like him because he's good for the game. Do I think he needs to close his mouth and shut up at times? Absolutely. But the fact that he doesn't, like he should, but the fact that he doesn't is why I like him because he's like the heel, but also with reason. And the reason I say that is he pops off his mouth a lot and about a lot of things. And again, like he can be looked at as the heel in baseball. And I totally get it. And people hate him. And and that's perfectly fine. And I love it. But also on top of that, he makes actually some pretty good points a lot of time. You know, like when you you hear him speak and you get through the, oh, my God, it's Trevor Bauer going off again. Sometimes he makes a lot of sense. And and, And sometimes you're saying, you know what, I'm glad someone's finally speaking up about this. I mean, think about the Astros, the stuff, the comments about the Astros he's making. You know Verlander and all that. Like I love it. He's saying what everyone in baseball, well, I guess more speaking of, but like he's saying everything that people in baseball want to say but don't. Chiragawa is going to be that dude. He's going to say it. Now though, at the same time, stuff he said about the Astros. He's questioned Garrett Cole's spin rate. He's questioned their antics. They got to be cheating. They have to be cheating, right? The Astros have to be cheating. You don't just gain that many RPMs on your curveball if you're not using a substance, if you're not cheating, right? Well, Trevor Bauer. (laughs) Last year, your curveball, its spin rate, 2,549 RPMs. This year, its spin rate, 2,843. You've gained about 300 RPMs. Your four-seamer, last year, 2,412. This year, 2,761. You've gained 300 RPMs. So you're very, very vocal about the Astros had to be cheating because you're a pitcher scientist. I'll put that out there. You're a pitcher scientist. You know this can't happen, but yet now it's happening for you. Um. So anyways, the thing I like about Trevor Bauer is... Like This is a dude I wish had the talent of Garrett Cole in a degree because he is absolutely open to ideas. I mean, what he does with technology and how he uses technology I think is great for baseball. I mean, this guy's out there trying to develop pitches. He's trying to mock pitches. He'll he look out there and say, who has the greatest slider, right? What do they do? And he'll use the technology to try to get that. Okay, so their their spin rate is X, Y, Z. And they do X, Y, Z. And he gets there in the lab and he tries to mimic that. If you know this is the best thing, if you can copy it, now you have the same thing. I, I like what he does in that. And also in the sense as far as technology, how he uses it. I mean, he has YouTube channels. Like What he's trying to do to get his message out and make other people better as well, I love. like That is really good for Trevor Bauer. I, that's really good for baseball as well. People should be following his YouTube channel especially if you're a young pitcher, you know, like this guy can really help you out. This stuff you're probably going to pay for from a lot of people. And here's Trevor Bauer just out there just doing it. Um, But yes, there's definitely a lot of times he should shut his mouth. But the fact that he doesn't is literally why I like him more. Go out there, say what's on your mind, stir up some shit, make MLB fun in that sense. Right? Like there's now storylines behind some games. I mean, who's out there throwing a baseball over over the the wall, right? In center field because he's pissed off. That's terrible. As a teammate, that's terrible. But you know what? You're talking about it. And other people inside baseball are now talking about. It. And when he jabs at them, they're going to jab right back and again, like this it's it's funny. It's it's like in a sense wrestling. Like this is creating storylines within the game. And I love it. Give me more of that. I don't want MLB to turn wrestling. Obviously, like it's not going to be fake and, and scripted and such, but we keep saying give us personalities. Trevor Bauer's got a personality, and I love it, and I hope it does not go away. And if he has to eat crow and, and look like an idiot, that's perfectly fine. He he made his bed to live in it, but keep giving us it. Keep giving us these pleasantries. All right, y'all. So that's it for me. We're out of here. Uh, as mentioned, tomorrow Starbucks with with Jim and I. Uh, we'll definitely be talking more about the Pirates, Stallings, and probably those Padres, and um, who knows what else. So till then, we'll see y'all later. Bye bye.